Hello, and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dittis. And I'm Aaron Flores. Still exhausted from last episode. That's right. It was a long episode. <laughs> and Nearly two hours. If you're tuning back in <laughs> after that episode, well, congratulations. Then you must really like the Sprocket Podcast. Yes. And thank you, I should say. Congratulations it, and thank you. But it was a good show because... It was, it was a lot of fun. Tim dug out every detail that anyone <laughs> would want to know about your trip to Hawaii. Yes. In a way that we didn't really have time to do before that. So. Well, I was purposefully saving it for that. That's right. But, yeah. And it happens to be our 350th episode. Yeah. So now it's 351. Uh, but wait, uh, where, where do we leave off in the... Uh, From the People's Republic yes. of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irrelevant. Uh, Irrelevant conversations, irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Well, I mean, I guess if you're looking at Brain's listing of, uh, what is it, best cycling podcast. We are the most irrelevant cycling <laughs> we podcast. Are, we're so irrelevant now. That's right. Uh, it's covering bicycling, trains, transits, uh, adventures, and life hacks. And today, touring with love. That's right. We are here with uh, Ryan Labar. Hello, oh, with, Ryan. With strong hey, light. I might, I might have like overspoke there. I'm sorry. Well, no, there's <laughs> definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. most definitely. Uh, Ryan and I met at VeloCult. I was uh, getting my bike worked on and drinking a beer, and he was right next to me at the bar, also drinking a beer. Were you also getting your bike worked on? I was not getting the bike worked on, but it needed some work after that ride. I just got back from a, a cross ride. Okay. And Later, the bike was worked on. Gotcha. Just so then you, he was drinking. Yeah. So you were ready for uh, ready for repairs and, and oh, yeah. uh, ready for. Uh, it, I guess it's not disrepair when you drink, but what would it be? There's got to be some way to tie that together. Hmm. You needed something to fix your insides. I was repairing my insides. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, anyways, we got to talking, and turns out you have done some bicycle touring. I have big bike tour. Yeah, and we're also here with Val Brown, who was on some of those bike tours with you. Mm-hmm. So, hi, Val. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, thanks. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you yeah. for having and us. Are you prepared for the maximum amount of jackassery we can pull out tonight? I am absolutely <laughs> prepared. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Bring it. Very good. All right. Well, Aaron, what yeah. have you been up to? Um, well, I've got a little, I've got a little, I don't know, issue is, if that's the right word. Oh, yeah? Okay. You? Issue? <laughs> yeah, I know, With right? somebody else? Nah. No. So, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong on this. In fact... I kind of want to be wrong on this okay. in a way. So do you remember uh, way, way back, I think it was the last time we had Beth Hammond on the show. Maybe you weren't Maybe you weren't here. I'm trying to remember if I was or was not. Um, was she, we was were it, still at the IPRC at the time. During the summer? Yes. Okay. I think I was there. And I mentioned riding the Esplanade. Yes. And having to kind of weave in and out of pedestrians. Right, because it's a multi-use path along the waterfront. In her words, it's a giant sidewalk. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. And I've got the the sort of wag of the finger. Oh, yeah? Oh. You know, for like being irritated. Okay. Having to, we, I'm, I'm. Taking that too fast. So said. that was at least a year and a half ago, <clears throat> which means right. you've been stewing on this for a while. No, 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 no. But it came up in a way. I've been thinking about okay. this today, what happened? this morning. Because the weather's getting nice, right? Occasionally. Yeah. Well, it's, it, slowly but surely, it's getting nicer. It's gone from a full-on thunder, sho- uh, thunder shower to just like drizzling fog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's back to like Portland rain. 
Yeah, you exactly. Know. 55 degrees, cloudy. Welcome yeah. to Portland. I thought we were living on the plains for a while. Right, right. Uh, but anyways, um, so it's getting nicer. People are spending more time outside. Mm-hmm. The Alameda Street Road, whatever you call it, Boulevard. Winds through northeast Portland. Winds through northeast Portland in a slightly diagonal direction. Mm-hmm. Kind of along the uh, edge of a hill where there's a bunch of yes. expensive homes. On on the Alameda Ridge, so yes. to speak. Yes. Um, lots of people use this. Right. It's not a multi-use path in the strict sense. It's a road. But de facto a multi-use path uh-huh. in that people will run on it. People ride their bikes on it. People ride their... Or ride their dogs, walk their dogs. <laughs> Some people have their St. Bernards and they're riding their St. Bernards to the store. Um, Welcome to Portland. Yes. Um, you know, and yes, and and people drive on it with their with their automobiles. With their motor cars? Yes, with yeah. their motor cars. Auga. <laughs> they turn the cranks and it goes. <laughs> um, but in the morning, not a lot of cars, lots and lots of people jogging. This is your commute. Yes. And it used to be my commute, so I know this. Be, so, yeah, so you, you're familiar. Yeah. And so here's here's kind of what's been bugging me about this. Uh-huh. And here's where, like, Beth Hammond, I'm sure, is, like, getting ready to, like, dial in the hotline. And Well, 503-847-9774. Please. I'm willing to be wrong. Give us your feedback. I don't mind being wrong on this. But the thing is, I'm taking this at, like, 5, 5.30 in the morning. Uh huh. It's now light out, so there's a lot more people take like on this street. Right. And yeah, there's no way I can I can say this without sounding like an asshole. So I'm, okay, here you know, it comes. I'll just say like, yeah, this is this is me being an asshole. But there's joggers like sometimes five abreast. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Yes. It's a wide street, and yes. so you got a, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of room to like go, you know, weave in and out, or not necessarily weave, but there's plenty of room. To, like, kind of pass people. Enough room for everyone. Yes, yes. But it kind of bugs me when people are jogging and decide to cross the road in a somewhat diagonal fashion. Are they looking behind themselves before they cross? And they are not necessarily always looking. So they're not expecting you when you approach from behind. Right. And there's therein lies the issue is if I ring my bell, it's 530 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 5, 530, somewhere Uh around there. Yep. Like, so am I sort of kind of uh, uh, disrupting the peace? Absolutely. With my bell? At 5.30 in the morning? Yes. No one wants to hear a bicycle no one wants bell to at 5.30 that. in the morning. <laughs> Especially if they're already listening to something in their headphones. Right. Well, yeah. and there's there's another thing is, are they even going to hear it? Uh-huh. If I do nothing and then, you know, we have a close call, I'm totally the asshole at that point, right? I suppose. Anyways, I guess that's that's what I've been kind of stewing over today right is, is who has the is, right of way in these public streets because everyone does I, I can't say who has the right of way because <laughs> i already know the answer to that question well i suppose we would say that the streets are the commons and that people should feel free to play in them and whatnot but they're also the way that most of us get to and from other places so yes. you would like to you would like to pass unencumbered without worrying about uh, hitting someone who may not be paying attention to the roadway yes or other traffic but 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 but, but here's so the big butt. Everyone I talk to has a big butt. So and that butt big adventure. is that's a Pee Wee's Big Adventure quote. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> but so like, th- is is this sort of tension? Is this sort of like irritation that I have 
with people jogging. Is this the same, if not also related to the same irritation people driving? You see, mm-hmm. I'm getting no, some nods. I'm getting some sure. nods. People driving with me on the street. Yeah. Am uh, I right? Ryan seems to agree. Is that right? Oh, I totally do. Yeah. Because yeah. I occasionally have to drive, and I know exactly what you're talking about with the people walking. So when they do something unexpected, you're like, oh, man, if you could have just glanced over your shoulder, it would have been obvious, and we could have both been safe. Right. And I feel like there are also cyclists who do that. They'll just, you know, swerve in front of cars and... Then drivers like, oh, all those cyclists, you know, don't know what to do, and they're yeah. swerving all over the place, even though we don't necessarily do it too often. They think they're the most important people on the road. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is that everyone is the most important person in the road to themselves. I think. I mean, Val, would you agree? Absolutely. I say when I'm biking, the walkers are annoying, and when I'm walking, the bikers are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm driving, they're all annoying. <laughs> they're annoying. Everyone could just go to hell. That's right. <laughs> Yep. No, it'd be a lot easier if just everybody else would go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah, just give me my own lane, please. This is the Brock lane. Oh. Do you need a bottle opener I for that? I do need yes. a bottle opener for this. Well, uh, I, I mean, do you have a, do you have an issue that needs to be resolved, or is this just a general uh, venting? This of is rights? sort of a, a venting, and I would like to hear other people's perspective on this because I I obviously I don't think I'm in the right, so to speak. That's right. Yeah, uh, you 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 have the right to your own opinion. You have yeah. the right to your feelings. You know, your feelings are always valid. Sure. So, uh, we would like to know how you, uh, as a listener, also feel about this topic. So, yes, please. Uh, Five hundred three. Especially if your name is Beth Hammond. Five hundred three eight four seven nine seven seven four, and uh, leave us your messages or email us your voice. We'd like to hear your voice on the show. Yes. Or you can send us an email if you really, really don't like the sound of your own voice. You can send an email with your voice too. Yeah. Don't let that stop you. Exactly. You don't have to listen to it. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you know a place where uh, the bartender would be happy to hear your gripes? Where is that? The Beer Mongers on Southeast Southeast Division and 12. 12. That's right, yeah. Uh, We just got some beverages from them. We're enjoying, uh, I'm enjoying the Fort George Suicide Squeeze. You have the ginger beer from uh, Lionheart. Lionheart. Yes. Portland Ginger Brew. That's right. And there's an Elliott IPA being enjoyed over here as well. Uh, They have all these and more. And, you know, if you have enough of those, you no longer have as many gripes. Or your gripes get <laughs> more interesting. So. Right. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. So what did you do this weekend? You had a big You had a big weekend. I did have an enormous weekend. I was uh, out in southeastern Oregon, and I don't own a car because I don't want to have to deal with the, you know, the maintenance and the headaches. And obviously, I don't want to have to deal with walkers and, and bicyclists because those are vexing. But... <laughs> The one thing that a car is good for is getting your bikes out to a remote part of the state and going having an adventure. So um, have either of you been to the Steens before, the Steens Mountain? You know, I haven't. I've heard of the the Steens Mazana ride that a bunch of people did, the like 1,000-kilometer bike race. Yes, that's right. And it's coming up again. It is coming up again, and I was going to go to the info session. It's like I've got a 10% chance. I'm kind of curious to try it. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. I recommend that if you don't do the full 1,000, you at least do. We did 200, so my wife and I went out this last weekend. We uh, we ended up getting out of work. I got out of work at like 5 o'clock or something. We borrowed a car from Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Reed Granary. Um, he was kind enough to offer to us, hey, if you guys ever want the car for like a weekend or whatever, just let me know. And I said, okay, 
how about this coming up weekend? And he said, okay. He said, so, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be an empty gesture. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Now, you got to make good on those things before those offers go away. <laughs> That's right. And then when you take them up, you have to drive it as far as you can possibly <laughs> go. <laughs> I think we to- a total of like more than 600 miles because it's wow. a long ways out there. Yeah. But uh, we got in the car, and we drove from like 6 p.m. until 1 in the morning getting oh, wow. to uh, – they call it the Narrows. Uh Which is, uh, you remember Ellie Tallheimer's book, uh, Cycling Sojourner? Yes. And uh, she outlined this ride. Uh, It was supposed to be a three to three and a half day ride, I think. We did it in two and a half days. Um, But it ends up being 200 miles in all from the Narrows out to the east side of Steens Mountain, which is absolutely desolate and beautiful. Uh, We stayed at Man Lake, made our way down to Fields, had lunch at Fields, back up to French Glen where there's a historic hotel, and we stayed there that night. And then we rode the last 34 miles on the last half day. So uh, 70 miles, 90 miles, and 34. And I am feeling it. Wow. But it is beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And the bonus of being a desert is that uh, when it's raining here, it's sunny it's, there. Yeah, it's dry over there. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the day that we were riding away, the last day, uh, we rode kind of away from this thunderstorm that was breaking over Steens Mountain. Yes. Uh, but, you know, there were, there were threatening clouds the first day. We rode a bunch of gravel. It was uh, one thing that gravel will do for you. It'll, it'll tell you where all the loose nuts and bolts are on your on your rig. <laughs> so my bell almost fell off. Because they will, yeah, they will yeah. immediately come off. My bell almost fell off, and then my kickstand al- almost fell off as well. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, and I need to go back over my frame and make sure there's not anything else that might be loose after that. But... Plenty of gravel. And Adele and I both ride 32-centimeter tires, so not super wide. They're kind of like the, the minimum, I think. that's I think. adequate, though. Oh, yeah. It was definitely adequate. It was just, uh, you know, like when you get to that really washy gravel, not like thick where you're falling over, but just like just enough that you're feeling it. Yeah. Uh, at that point, it's no longer as much fun. No. But most of the ride, uh, you know, we had to deal more with headwinds, I think. Headwinds and gravel together oh. are more of a killer. Yeah. But the trade-off is that you get to see such beautiful country. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think Armando is the one that told us, like, frontier is the definition when when, uh, there's fewer than, like, one person per square mile or something like that. Okay. Um, And out there definitely qualifies as frontier. There's, like, a couple of ranches on the east side. I think maybe a total of, like, four houses or something. And so uh, really, really remote. That's cool. But it was absolutely beautiful. Um, at one point, you guys filled your canteens and water bottles and whatnot. That's uh, right from a stream. Yeah, and that's the other the benefit of going to the desert in the springtime is that all that all that melt off is just kind of running down the hillside. And so, yeah, we brought some purification stuff and uh, cleaned up some water. We ended up we had planned to have a dry camp and uh, you know a dry dinner at you know when we got to camp that night, but it turned out we not only got uh, to eat our top ramen, but we also got to eat our mashed potatoes. And we got to build a campfire, and it felt really good. Nice. So, um, what exactly is a dry dinner? Like, are you just well, gonna eat the mashed potatoes, like the flakes? Exactly. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna suck on a bag of mashed potatoes. <laughs> no, we ended up. Uh, we, we had t- uh, tuna packs. You know those little foil tuna packs. Oh yeah, get? yeah. Almost like a can of tuna, except you don't have a can to throw away when you're done. You just have a little right. little wrapper you can pack up in a bag. And Not throw as away. much water either. No. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that works out really well. So we were just going to make little, uh, cheese tuna wraps, but ah. turned out we had a hot dinner instead. It felt good. Nice. So, yeah, um, their fields, Oregon is super, super remote, but they serve enormous hamburgers 
Ah. Like Half-pound patty hamburgers <laughs> yeah. and milkshakes. And they've got the stats on the wall for the past, like, six years. They've been keeping track of how many per year they serve. And? And they did something. I have the picture. I can pull it up. But it's, like, 5,035 uh, hamburgers last year and then, like, 6,400 milkshakes served oh uh, last calendar year, 2016. So what was, what was the best year? Do you remember, like, any year? Surprisingly, I think 2015 did better than 2016. Really? But 2017, the stats aren't in yet. It's only partway through. So right. you could be part of those numbers. Go to Fields, <laughs> Oregon, buy an enormous hamburger, and then drive seven miles back home or seven hours back home. Um, yeah, it is really remote. But the cool thing is, you remember there's that whole dust up with the uh, like the occupation, all those guys oh, yeah, and whatnot, yeah. uh, thinking that they own the place. And it turns out they don't, and they're not really there. And there's not really much sign of that anymore. Uh, people are just kind of doing what they've always done. Oh, that's cool. Living ranch life. Uh, there's a lot of cows. Matter of fact, when we showed up at Man Lake, um, just an enormous herd of cattle wandering, oh, really? wandering past just, the port, the, the vault toilet, and <laughs> uh, you know, amongst all of the, there weren't that many people camped there, but more than you would expect in yeah. the wilderness. Uh, there was like three or four RVs just kind of scattered around the lake, and there was all these cows, just like, hey, here we are, like walking through the camp. Yeah, and everything? yeah, we were a bit Weird. worried that maybe they'd come back to visit or wake us up in right. the morning, uh, but the way it worked out, we just, uh, you know. We rolled rolled our bikes down the road, rang bells, and the cows, they, the cows in my experience always do this: they hang out for about four to five seconds longer than you think they should, and then they say, <laughs> "Oh shit, I gotta go," and then they just like bolt around and run the other direction. So um, cows, uh, I don't think that they're not aggressive creatures generally, but you do have to watch out for that herd mentality. Right, like right. if something they, spooks them, they're gonna run you right over. Yep. So. Uh, but anyways, we did the, uh, we did the Steen stampede. It was great. So I highly recommend it to anybody. If, uh, if you want to go out and get away, it's a great place to be largely because no one is there except when we went to French Glen, we stayed at the hotel, lovely place. Um, 75 bucks a night, I think for a decent room that reminded me exactly of my grandparents' house. (laughs) Exactly. Um, $75 worth of nostalgia, right? Totally. Yeah. No, I even had the same smell. Um, which I, might be good or bad, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have good memories, so for me, there it's a good go. memory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, everybody there was from Portland. Really? Apparently. Weird. Yeah. They were all on their ways to other vacations and whatnot. Right. But, yeah. So that's how I spent my weekend, and uh, I recommend it. That's why I didn't do Day Ronde. But Ryan, you did Day Ronde, which is Portland's festival of pointless climbing. Yeah, it was it was painful. Yeah. I kind of wish I was on your ride instead, <laughs> <Yeah>. honestly. <laughs> did you finish the whole thing? I did. Almost the whole thing. So I did the whole ride. I finished, but I skipped college because I had done it a couple of weeks before. Lots of people skip college. Yeah, Once was enough. I yeah, didn't know that, that was an option. <laughs> well, so we kind of, it wasn't intentional. We just missed the turnoff back towards downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we saw people coming back up and we're like, oh, it's only this little tiny loop with college. Let's just kind of follow these people right. and skip that part and keep going. <laughs> yeah, I've, was, I've done yeah. that before, I think. on, on I, I've done it twice now. I've only done it once the complete course i guess but yeah. but you did almost everything almost everything that ends up being what like 5200 odd feet a hair under 8000 feet of climbing 8000 yeah. that's a lot more than i thought yeah it was and a lot distance wise like 47 to 55 yeah it was about 50 on the official ride okay. and then i started and ended at our house near tabor so oh, there about you go. 63 miles for me total yeah if you factor in like actually riding from home right that's that's uh, even bigger it's a big day yeah Wow. Uh, are you going to do it again? 
No. I won't say. <laughs> you don't ask that. I won't like say never, but it's very after. unlikely. <laughs> right. I'm and, pretty sure Ryan promised to do it again with me. There we go. Oh. Okay. Because, Val, you didn't do it this year. I didn't do it this year. And you haven't done it before? I haven't done it before. Do you have any desire in your heart to do a bunch of pointless climbing? Um, yes, to make Ryan do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's like mutually assured destruction. It's like if I'm going to be in pain and hurt, then you will too. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, we brought you in to talk a little bit about uh, bicycle adventures, so let's, let's start with that. Uh, what got you guys interested in bicycle touring? Well, let's see. I think we met a couple years ago on a meetup group we were just biking and then camping at lake tahoe and um on that trip we started talking and we're like we both like camping we both like biking why don't we start trying to combine them and have no cars involved yeah so our first big trip was over the fourth of july weekend in 2014 down to santa cruz from san francisco so it's like 80 something miles day one day one was 80 something miles from san francisco to Santa Cruz, and we had no idea what we were doing. We yeah. just kind of strapped a bunch of stuff to our commuter bikes, basically, and we're like, that's the worst that can we, happen. We started with some donuts <laughs> and coffee, and... <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good way to start. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it turned out wonderful. So did you guys, was it a there and back? Like, uh, we're going to ride this way, and then we're going to ride back home over a weekend, or... So, yeah, we made it a loop. We went down to the Big Basin campground, and then we rode back to San Jose, on the third day and took the train back up to San Francisco. So it was like an almost loop. Gotcha. I'm trying did to remember. That, did that involve the devil's slide or did you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We that? went through the devil's whatever. Devil's yeah. Slide. San Pedro mountain road. Yeah. 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 yeah we went yeah. through there. It was and great. That would have been before they constructed the new tunnel and everything. Right. Or it was right before the tunnel opened. Yeah. Okay. Cause that was a little hairy back then. It still is now, but, uh, I think the downhill side, if you're going South is a little bit nicer. Yeah. So yeah, back the, then it was the just climbing up that hill with the like highway one traffic is kind of <laughs> not yeah. fun, but the downhill is super fun. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience Val? How did it, how did it feel when you were on that road? It was awesome. Um, actually the world cup was going on at the time and on one of our descents on highway one we were riding with our friend jonas um and he's from germany yeah a huge soccer fan a football fan sorry (laughs) (laughs) exactly sorry jonas um and he caught a glimpse of a tv as we were flying down this hill and he's like oh the game's on in there we have to stop what (laughs) (laughs) we all like pulled off our bikes and went in for a quick sandwich and coffee and watched germany like clean up for a game yeah That's were, hilarious. were they doing well yeah 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 i think they yeah, won that game well it's a good thing yeah. you stopped then yeah it was definitely <laughs> like, i mean that was the only reason we stopped <laughs> and they, they might not have if you if you hadn't stopped so yeah. yeah they needed your support yeah they did very good you said you were riding just on the bikes that you had just commuter bikes or, or what have you yeah it was just an old steel 80s mountain bike uh-huh. from craigslist and, and a, threw a rack on it yeah an old bridgestone and Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, did you have uh, did you have aspirations to build your bike into something bigger, or was this just kind of like a weird experiment? Like, let's try this and see what happens. So, it was kind of a not well thought out thing that happened to work out great. So, I kept on touring on that for a while and just kind of gave it away in San Francisco when we moved back up here. Okay, yeah, yeah, because you you're from here, right? Yeah. So yeah. Born and raised in Portland, was down in San Francisco for about ten years. And just came back recently. There we go. Welcome back to town. Thank you. It's not like not like you left it, I suppose. 
It's very different. A little, little bit different. Things have been changing. But uh, but yeah. yes. Um, so you have the, the big basin campground. I was trying to remember if, Aaron, you and I stayed there. We stayed at uh, Half Moon. We also Half stayed... In uh, in Santa Cruz, there's there's a campground there, and I can't remember if that's the one like right, right outside on of town. Beach. There's one right on the beach near. Okay, I think that was the one that like um, they. What's that guy's name now? Roger. Uh huh. Was trying to like get us to, but we had like aspirations to go like just a little bit farther. Right. Right. There. Okay. Yeah. So we stayed at the other one. Yeah. All right. So we haven't been to this campground. What's it like? It was beautiful. They had a big hiker-biker site that was technically full when we got there since 4th of July weekend. But technically. They were like, yeah, find a spot. It's fine. Let us get there anyway, which is nice. And nice. we were able to watch the fireworks from this kind of climb-up area. So it was a great reward that evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it like bicycling on the 4th of July? Surprisingly quiet roads, actually. It was yeah. fine. I think I remember we stopped and got like 10 avocados for $10. So maybe they were having some 4th of July sales or Ooh, something. <laughs> that was great. We were starting to meal plan at like noon. Mm-hmm. As you should. Yeah. And that's actually a pretty good deal. I mean, yes. yeah. I would like that many avocados for that many dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Did I say, I said, it meant to say 10 avocados for, for $1. $1. Oh, are you oh, serious? Damn. It was an insane deal. They were like small avocados, but you know. Still, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's like free vegetable fat. That's not bad for you. Yeah, it's good, no. and they're tasty. We were they're so good, delicious, yeah. very good. Uh, what did what did the avocados go with? Did you pair those with other things? Just cut them in half and put them on bread. Squished it up in the bread. Ate we, it. We <laughs> made some. Good. We had some pasta and red sauce and artichoke hearts. And oh, the artichoke hearts were good too. I think we got some beans. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> random. Yeah, of food, but and beer. <laughs> of course, whatever you can find. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, so you guys did that trip, and Jonas, you were traveling with Jonas. Did Jonas have more bike camping experience than you did, or, or was Jonas getting started as well? He's um, toured around a lot in Europe. Um, yeah, but definitely, I think it was his first one in California. And then we were with our friend Fletcher, who was also his first trip, I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so we're all the blind leading the blind a little bit. Perfect. Did, did you have any things that happened that you, you thought later, like, oh, we do this differently? Well, Fletcher would say that we should bring money for the showers oh. or maybe a change oh. of clothes extra. <laughs> <laughs> Are those, they're like coin-operated showers? They had the coin-operated, yeah. like, put in the quarters and get, like, a minute or two minutes yeah. per quarter and... Just like, yeah. oh, well, don't have change. What are you going to do? Not right. shower. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Fletcher took it upon himself to find quarters for all of us, I think. <laughs> like, you guys smell terribly. You need to get, like, some, you get some clean. I mean, and we're, I'm going to be with you the next few days, so you take a shower tonight. It's <laughs> a self-preservation strategy. <laughs> and then I think leaving the campsite, we took poor advice and... Ended up kind of descending on a very like oh sandy God. hill. Where I forgot we, like, about that. Yeah, for a good reason. I think we like dragged our bikes for about a mile. So Ooh. there was some serious walking down like this kind of cattle trail or something. It was not at all bike friendly. Yeah. We just took the advice of a hiker who was probably laughing to themselves yeah. as soon as we ah. turned the corner. Yeah, and I yeah I was on a road bike with like forty pounds on my bike and just thinking through all the sand it was yeah. pretty funny. Those things get unwieldy. Like yeah. once once your bike is all loaded up, it, it's like what what am I going to do with this now? 
Yeah, so maybe we would have taken a little slightly longer route out of the campsite because we were biking to um, a different campsite that night, and that first three miles was tough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So from Santa Cruz to San Jose, uh, there's one big highway that goes through the mountains. Is that what you were riding on, or did you find a back road? No, we didn't take the big highway. We took um, a combination of other ones. I think Old La Honda might have been involved. There's a couple different routes through there, and I can't remember actually which one we took since I've done a few times since then. But there are ways. You there don't, are. You don't have to share the, the one big yeah. highway. No. Okay, no, that's good. Great side roads. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Santa Cruz is great because I don't know if you remember, Aaron, but when we were on that tour together, there was that one, uh, like, at some point, the foliage shifts and it starts looking like a jungle. Yes. Like, suddenly you're like, oh, I am a different, a different place, a different biome. Um, If I remember right, it was almost, like, actually split by a railroad tracks or a railroad path. I suppose, yeah, maybe yeah. so. Uh, just, like, the fact that suddenly there's these big broad leafy green things uh, right. as opposed to it's not just like pine trees but it was it was i don't know maybe my my memory's you know a little fuzzy not as young as i used to be that's true but, <laughs> uh but like it, it really was like one side of the track or the other yeah was uh you know one was green and the other was like more sandy arid yeah that was four years ago that we did that now yeah you were four I years mean, younger uh, than you are now man was it really four years Yep. That was that was the first that was the first and so far only like big tour I'd had on the on the Red Hair Among Horses. Right. Well you you well, did a uh, tour on, on Brompton's, which we talked about last that, week. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Yeah. But there's more to come, I'm <laughs> yes. sure. Oh definitely. Yeah. So Ryan and Val, you folks also did a tour in uh, wine country in, in the Napa Valley. We did. That was another wonderful one in California. What did this look like? So for that one, we took the ferry from San Francisco to Vallejos to start the tour and just kind of meandered. There was one part there where we were on the side of a highway, which wasn't great. But then other than that, it was there's a wine country trail that we took for a long time and stopped and did wine tastings. And yeah. yeah, We but, actually, the first day, got in a little too late. So we missed the wineries that day and had to bring our own wine back to our campsite and experience some splashes there there you go <laughs> splashes it's a good idea uh, well and it, it's good to be prepared too if you never know wineries seem to close early they do and we're like we're fine we're on bikes they're like but other people aren't <laughs> that's true oh. yep is that why they shut it down they're like we got to get done before sunset or before i think it has a little bit to do with the driving but mm-hmm. then on the the next day then we were we were prepared and got up early to get to the wineries in our smelly bike clothes and perfect i was gonna say a, uh, a tour a bike tour through uh wine country seems a bit like um uh sort of contradictory in itself yeah they definitely were showing us the back tables outside <laughs> yeah it was great though sitting on the patio really by nice. ourselves like yeah. cool yeah <laughs> like they did the not <laughs> they didn't have you in the the main they're like the hippies use the side door or whatever yeah right oh, that's yeah. too bad <laughs> uh what kind of wine do you guys like I'm more of a red fan in general. My favorite's Pinot Noir. Yeah, yeah, and Oregon is good for Pinot. I hear it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's like the the trademark of of Oregon's wine by and large. Uh, was there a particular winery that you recall as as one that really stood out to you in quality or in experience, or one that didn't make you stand on the back porch? 
I honestly don't remember the names of any of them. We stopped at like five, and maybe that's why I don't remember. But. No, that's the only reason we can't remember where we stopped. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be, right? I mean, that means you did it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we made it just barely back to Vallejo for the last ferry Sunday night. Yeah. We got a couple timing. of flats in the oh, last yeah. like 20 minutes before oh. getting to the ferry, so we didn't think we were going to Yeah, make we're it. like, oh, we'll make it. We've got like two minutes rear flat oh. going over the train tracks oh, oh man that's that's freaky well like when it happens when you're on a schedule because mm-hmm. everything kind of has to go like clockwork yeah so yeah uh what do you have any strategies for changing flats on the fly um i've got it down i've had my share of flats so i'm i can change them pretty quick uh that was probably a record-setting flat change that i did yeah. on that one when when we're touring though i think it really helped to to unload the bike just take the bags off yeah. because yeah. and because i remember mine was the rear flat and kind of just wanted to keep bags on and see what we could do around them and it's just so much simpler yeah. to mm-hmm. <laughs> take the extra time yeah. to unbungee everything yeah and the other good trick that i learned if it's a really obvious like glass shard or something you don't have to take the tube out if you want to patch it. So what I've done a few times with great success is just debead that part, like a third of the tire, pull out the part with the glass shard, make sure there's none on the inside, patch it, shove it back in, you're done. That's interesting. Huh. So not removing the entire You don't have to remove tire. the entire tire or yeah. the tube if you're 100% sure, like, okay, is this obvious shard of glass? If you know. Just debead that, patch it with the rest of it still in. Right. Shove it back in carefully. And it's worked for me huh. a few times Ooh. now, and it's super quick. Todd Farner, owner of Clever Cycles, yes. does that with his Brompton. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, so Bromptons, they don't normally have quick releases. Mm-hmm. You know, That's, so yeah, if you get same. a flat, you have to, like, you know, get a the wrench. Get your wrench out, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he, yeah, he debeads it while it's still, like, on the on the bike itself. Yep. So by DB, yeah. we're talking about, like, pulling off a, a section of the tire off of the wheel. Yeah, yeah, I don't even take the wheel off the bike. Same thing. Yeah, it's I like mean. two minutes tops. If you don't know where the uh, where the, the, the leak is, you can pull the whole tube out while it's still sitting on the, on the bike. Yeah, you and, just like, keep it in kinda, the triangle. You have to, like, mm-hmm. be really methodical about it. But, I guess, yeah. That's a really interesting tip. I'm glad you brought that up because I had I have not heard of this before. Yeah, I actually I, learned it from a friend who works at a bike shop in San Francisco. Uh, so can't take credit for making it up myself, but not to worry. But yeah. you, is this what you used when you were late for that uh, for the ferry? Uh, one of the two. We had a couple okay. of flats. <laughs> yeah, the other one was a full <laughs> tire full removal. Replace yeah. the whole tube deal. Okay. Yeah. Dare I ask whose bikes had flats? Was it, did both of you have one each, or I think it was myself and and Fletcher? I think. Either Fletcher or Joe. Yeah, one or the other. Michael, guys. maybe. Or, yeah, Mike, mine been Michael. Okay. So a couple so of people my, had mechanicals. Definitely Val was involved with the flat. <laughs> <laughs> Good As to usual. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I am so tired of flat tires. Like, I, I, I just don't have the patience for them. So I've, I've invested in, like, the thickest stuff I can get. I found thorn-resistant tubes. Mm-hmm. What? Thorn-resistant tubes are like the Schwalbe tires, but mm-hmm. they've just got... Big old like rubber edges. <laughs> really? Yeah. So yeah, your rolling weight is like twice as much. <laughs> so if you care about that, you don't want these. Right. But if you don't like flat tires, there's nothing better. I mean, yeah. that's that's sort of the give and the take, right? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah. I also decided this, like, I mean, maybe this is a stage of life sort of thing, but now as a person who can afford to do it, I decided that anytime I go on like a bigger or more remote tour, I'm like, I'm going to get new tires and new tubes and put them in, and mm-hmm. that's just going to be it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and for most people, most people don't tour more than a couple times a year, anyways. So if you start your touring season, even if you think your stuff is good, to me, I think like, well, either you know a friend who might need a spare tire, or you know someone who, uh, you know, hey, uh, these have a couple miles on them. You want them for your bike? You put your new tires on yours. You have no worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody can do that, but it's where I am these days. So I think it's good just at least once a year and. Like as the weather gets nicer, that's a good time to to do that. Is to just you know change everything over anyway. Right, kind of with the rest of your of your tune up or yeah. what have you. Yeah, because I used to be the guy who was just like, let's see how much life we can get oh, out of this. You know, you're pushing like two years with a tire and yeah. yeah. I remember there was a time when I was like just getting into biking and I was like biking behind you, and I noticed that you had a blue or green stripe. Going down the middle of your tire. Right, like, where it had just worn down so much. I was so like, much. oh, what brand of tire is that that has the, like, green stripe? It's pretty badass, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, it's it just means it's really worn down. This brand is irrelevant because <laughs> it is so old you can't read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So we got uh, we got Sonoma and the wine. Or, sorry, uh, Napa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think of Sonoma because I like Sonoma as well. That's, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think we like it better. They're close enough up there. I'm sure one or the other up there, they have their own, you know, strong opinion, but sure. all the same. <laughs> Quibbles, uh, clampets and such, uh, you yeah. know, uh, family fights. But uh, you guys also did some, uh, was it an overnight to uh, Samuel P. Taylor? Yes. That yeah. was another great one up there. Yeah. Right. Fate struck because the campsite I had reserved for us... Um, was out of uh, that I thought we would just go into the biker hiker one was full and we ran into the she spoke um, women and they invited us to stay with them on their oh that's cool in their um, their reserved reserved sites, site yeah. mm-hmm. they had their own site they had kind of stashed away mm-hmm. and yeah. it's she spoke it's uh is it she uh, spoke and they've grown quite a bit it started off as a meetup group. Um, and now they have a racing team and also more recreational riding. Okay. But, yeah. Kind yeah, of a nonprofit Bay, situation. Bay Area. Yeah. Awesome women's cycling group. And hospitable when it turns out that people yeah. are, are blocked and barred from being able to, to stay in the yeah. hiker biker camp. It helped a little. I ended up carrying their whole massive pile of firewood that they had just bought at the corner store where we met them. Ah. They're trying to figure out how to put on their bikes and... I had my mountain bike with a huge rock. I'm like, I'm just going to bungee this whole thing and take it there for you. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. That's in, uh, as a way to repay their yeah. kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to uh, just being able to carry big loads like that. Yeah. Aaron, do you have a load that you are proud of carrying? Do I have a load that I am proud of carrying? Yes. Like just a ridiculous weight that you uh, at one point Any, put onto well, your bicycle. Anytime I go to get a lot of groceries on the Burley trailer, or no, sorry, the Bob trailer. Yes. And bring the Bob trailer along. And, you know, mine has that uh, bag that comes along with it. Right. And so um, not necessarily, like, carrying it from the grocery store back home, but bringing that bag in the house, I feel especially proud, like, when my roommates are, like, looking at all the groceries I've got and and took it all by myself. Like, yeah, check that out. Yeah. You know how that got here? Two wheels. That's right. Three wheels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did not use any gasoline for this, though. I'm always proud whenever I have uh, more than 18 cans of beer on my bike at one time. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like that's an accomplishment. 
Is there a Guinness record for the number of cans of beer transported by bike? If There's it's not, Guinness, I'm not interested, but uh, <laughs> oh. any other way. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there has to be. There has to be. I just got that beer yeah, snobbery. That well, yeah. it's just it's not my favorite kind. I, I don't prefer. You know, it, I'm sure they're they're a fine company. They make a fine product. It's just not my my right, preference. Right. Yeah. I, how do you feel about Guinness? It's okay. I've had other things I like better on nitro. Yeah. I like the kind of creaminess in general of that style. Right. Right. It's not yeah. very punchy though. Just flavor wise. Yeah. Val, what do you think about Guinness? I like Guinness. That, there you go. You got to say that with <laughs> conviction. Say it again. I like Guinness. Yes. Especially if I'm biking and that's the only thing there is. Perfect. <laughs> you you should hold so the world bad. record. You should, <laughs> you should carry like three kegs at once. Yeah. I think I prefer IPAs, but Guinness is cool too. Right, right. They do yeah. a good thing. Yeah. It's it's a necessary service. And some people some people know nothing else. That's what they will drink. That's what they yeah. want. Uh, yeah. So so you guys, uh, you up here in Portland, you've done uh, Ainsworth, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Out that. in the gorge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That was yeah. super fun. That's the only tour we've done up here yet, but we want to do it's a bunch such more a great up there. Ride, so though. nice. It yeah. was absolutely beautiful. We actually did that on Fourth of July weekend. Oh, you did? Two thousand sixteen also. That's right. Yeah. Nice. This is a this is a tradition at this point. I guess mm-hmm. so. Look at that. Yeah. We're gonna go out bike camping uh, on on holiday weekends or weeks or mm-hmm. what have you. <laughs> it's flying by all the lines of cars and traffic on the <laughs> highway out there. Yeah. Seriously, is that what <laughs> you experienced? Waiting to go see oh, yeah. Falls. Every, yeah. yeah, there was like yeah. a line from the Vista House all the way to Mount yeah. Falls, just, just like gridlocked, eh, and eh, we're just like eh. you know swerving between the center line or the right shoulder where there's more room. Passing all the cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the way, if anybody has not seen this, if anybody has not experienced this, the uh, the historic highway uh, out in the Columbia River Gorge is very old and very narrow. And it goes to the place that every guidebook will tell you to go to, Multnomah Falls. And uh, everyone wants to go there at Which once. Which is cool. It's, it's beautiful. A, it's, a nice, it's a nice set of falls. It's you know? not that it's uh, an inconsequential trip. No. It's cool. It's definitely worth it. But uh, going there in a private automobile on the historic highway means you're going to be sitting in traffic on a popular day for at least three hours. So uh, if you're on a bicycle, mm-hmm. usually you would pass people on the right. But on certain segments of the historic highway, it's so narrow that you can't pass on the right. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think one of our listeners, I think Ted... May have actually been uh, out uh, riding contra flow, as it yeah. were, and I think we may have discussed this I've, before as well. I've crossed over into oncoming in the gorge before. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think uh, this might be a controversial topic. Like people might be, uh, it might they might be divided about uh, their opinions of this. See earlier this episode when I said I'm willing to be wrong. Um, right, right. It takes a big man. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's not like salmoning, like people going in the wrong lane dedicated. Right. That, that I wouldn't agree with. That. Yeah, yeah. We were like riding on the center line, mostly in the right lane, just on the left side. Right. Of the it's car not like taking stopped. the lane right. and riding right in the yeah, middle. Yeah, like of it. we yeah. weren't interrupting the <clears throat> traffic. And, and getting out us. of it as, as soon as it's safe to exactly. do so. Yeah. Mostly on the right shoulder, but sometimes it wasn't there. And no one is yeah. no one is leaving. I, th- I think is the big thing. Like there's there's no one in this other lane. Right, they're all stopped uh, anyway. Yeah, and so if everyone thinks bicyclists are scofflaws, anyways, why not? <laughs> why not it? just live up to them? Just prove them right. They already hate us for flying by them on our bikes while they're stuck in traffic for hours. Might as well just you know take it up a notch. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, and I, when we talked to Guthrie about his travels in India. You know, that, yeah. that that was the point at which, like, you know, it's just like kind of sheer will and force and, and physics take over. It's like, you know, there are so many people that have to go this direction that they're just going to do it, much like bicyclists. 
We need more bicyclists on the historic highway. Critical mass on the historic highway. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, what what would you like to do next? What are the things that you are thinking of as, as uh, potential destinations? Well, we actually just um, at Velocol this weekend, we ran into some New Belgium um, individuals who are organizing a ride in southern Oregon. The Ramble Ride. The Ramble Ride. Heard oh, about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super um, fun looking. The weekend of June 10th and 11th or something. Something like that. Yeah, Sometime something. in early June-ish. Yeah. So I think we're looking at that. Yeah. It goes out to the Painted Hills. Yeah. Kind of oh, just bike packing. Nice. like mostly off-road gravel with a little bit of pavement connectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, uh, it's an organized event. Like It's organized in the sense that they feed you. So it's still bikepacking. You carry your own tent and gear and fix your own flats and everything. You're on your own between stops, but then they will do the whole camp setup so you don't have to, you know, do your tuna bag and stuff. When you're right. They'll cook you decent <laughs> right. food at the end of the day. Absolutely. As, as much as I love my tuna bag, there are better <laughs> options. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Are they charging for this? Is it uh, you have to register? They are charging. It's a little bit of a steep cost, but we're leaning towards it being worth it. So we're going to do it. Yeah, it has a special place in my heart because New Belgium is um, in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is my hometown. Is it? Yeah, and their first ride was from Fort Collins to Steamboat, and they've this ride has Uh-oh. been growing. Yeah, so brutal <laughs> climbing and um, kind of up a notch from the ride here in Oregon, but this is their first year in Oregon, and it looks like it's going to be a beautiful Nice. Ride. That sounds awesome. Yeah, this seems like a great idea. Well, I, I wish you the best on this trip. It sounds, uh, sounds fun. I've heard tell i've seen on uh i think on the internet uh, people have been talking about this and it sounds like fun uh so at some point i would like to do something like this as well but uh that that's awesome so congratulations anything else that uh sticks out to you either places you'd like to go or or gear you'd like to acquire so gear specifically i would like to build a better bike packing bike i've been riding my single speed mountain bike so far which carrying a small load or not going up crazy hills has been fine but it's not exactly ideal <laughs> well single speed is uh, it's designed to a purpose and it may not necessarily be carrying a bunch of stuff it's most definitely not the purpose it was intended for <laughs> that's cool though uh do you do a lot of uh mountain biking otherwise I do, yeah. That's kind of how I got into mountain biking, actually. It was on the central coast of California. Okay. That's how I got into biking in general. First yeah. was through the mountain biking there, and then turned into commuting and turned into pretty much every other crazy type of biking I do now. Yeah. Where do you mountain bike around here? Around here, Forest Park is pretty much the main place I go just because I like riding there. I don't like driving to go biking, which is kind of have to do. In many ways, that's here, the only option you have, yeah. except, except for Forest Park, small right. small portions of it that are yeah. okay. Yeah. And, uh, which are the only places I go. Right, of course. <laughs> and uh, the Gateway Green Project is coming, oh, which yeah. eventually yeah, is going to offer some sort of uh, trail riding experience within the city limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's not that much of it out there, yeah, sadly. Yeah, much. But cross riding is huge here, so I right. got a cross bike when I moved back, and that's been super fun. There we go. Are you uh, are you joining the uh, any of the events, any of the uh, the cross crusade or what have you? Yes, the wooden shoe kermess next weekend. Yeah, register for that one, the single speed category. Nice. Yeah, we wish you the best. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, and then uh, of course uh, when the, when the fall hits, there's going to be a bunch of uh, a bunch more mud and a bunch more cowbells. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I was going to ask you, Val, about, uh, you had mentioned earlier, uh, before we started rolling tape, uh, uh, you had a tri-bike on the the wine tour. (laughs) Because one bike 
uh, was not available, right? She, a yeah, shift I, cable broke right before we left, I think. So she yeah, I was trying to do my own bike maintenance the night before our tour. Not maybe that's another thing I wouldn't do. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that that bike was out, and I um, I do have a tri bike. It's not a tri bike. It's a road bike with um, arrow bars, much to the dismay of my road cycling friends. Um, <laughs> And sometimes they do triathlons. So the people you're rolling with are not into aero bars? <laughs> not the clip-ons, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Is, is that like a clip-on tie? Is it just like a, like, you know, it's one thing if you do it for real. It's, it's another if it just has. Or maybe it's just the triathlete thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I mean, it is, I try to keep it on the down low. Tell me about your experience with it, though, because it seems like the aero bar does have a purpose. It's just, uh, you know. It, it's as... for hanging grocery bags. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Um. Well, actually, it does give you a different position for your back and does help you get more into an aero position, um, which I've learned more about. Um, I'm a bike, I'm a bike fit PT in Portland. And so kind of seeing the different ways that you can help someone's back and straighten their back out, um, that extra option can be really nice. Um, but yeah, I think in general for the aero bars, I was using them pretty, not very frequently because um, I do a lot of climbing. And But in that specific case, you were using them to hold was, your sleeping bag. I was trying to get around that. <laughs> so it's, it's like a bikepacking <laughs> setup. Say it, this is the sort of thing that, I mean, this is hot right now. People are tying all kinds of things to their handlebars. So, so yes, yeah. when my um, bike that I intended to take on the tour broke, I tied my sleeping mat to the aero bars and then... Um, Went without a sleeping bag, I think. Yeah, I oh, just really? went without a sleeping bag because it's the middle of summer. And then I kind of whined to Ryan when we got there, and he gave me like some extra pajamas or something. <laughs> there we go. And this, this is where the love started. I think that was the start. Was of it? it? I don't um, know. Hey, have some pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I'm glad we talked about that. It, uh, do you have any tips for people uh, traveling, even just for an overnight? Uh, like, aside from the aero bars, what should people know about tying stuff to a bike that's not necessarily designed to carry your stuff? Um, Bring extra bungee cords. Yeah, that's really good. I've broken a couple. Mm-hmm. Bungees are good. Bungees are. I'm great. a fan. Yeah, and you can use those to tie a lot of things in a lot of places that mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily think of at first. Yeah, I guess maybe double check that everything's tied down because I've had a few mishaps that way. Like just things swinging around when you didn't expect them to or, Mm -hmm. yeah, or stuff getting into your spokes. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had the, uh, I have, I have pannier bags, but I have the, uh, like the closure strap ends up getting Mm -hmm. between the spokes. And so there's that that little noise. Mm -hmm. It's never been disastrous. I've never broken a wheel and I've never broken a bag, but I've always been, you know, worried that at some point, but that's probably because I didn't tie it down right. Aaron, you're very fastidious about tying your, your panniers uh, down the right way. <laughs> much much maybe to uh, to the dismay of the people who are riding with me. But, yeah, I'm just like, I'm is willing it to close? spend that extra, like, two to five to ten minutes tying things <laughs> You're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. You're doing it right. Sounds like Ryan. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm very yeah. careful with that. And she'll just be flapping in the wind, all the straps on her bag, and drives me crazy <laughs> <laughs> to be clear my bike is flapping in the wind i'm not <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it should be uh would you like to share where it is that you fit bikes um yeah so i have my own business the Om cycle and then i also work out of a clinic um new leaf physical therapy nice 
Well, we should put links up to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll make sure that people can find it. Uh, yeah. And we just talked to someone who does bike fitting a couple months ago, and it's, uh, it's a fascinating science. Just the idea that, you know, one thing is right for one person, not right for another. Yeah. And coming from a physical therapist um, view, it's nice to kind of be an expert in human movement already. And then during my bike fits, it's static and dynamic. So I have people get to their highest cadence possible to do some single leg pedaling. And then I can kind of tease out if injuries are coming from a fit issue or more of a technique. Um, so yeah, it's kind of different type of fit maybe then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure people have what they need yeah. in every part of the, of the experience. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you both for coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you have time to hang out with us for our news and our mail? Yeah, totally. Fabulous. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love don't, don't ever use that. What's on the calendar, Aaron Flores? All right. First up, second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. That's right. And uh, other standing gigs in other cities. Let us know what's happening in your town, what people should be a part of. Yes. May 5th, film by bike. That's right. And I just realized that Saturday I'll be out of town. Yeah. What are you doing? I am competing in bus safety exercises. That's right. I'll be judging at the school bus safety exercise as well. In Salem? Yes. Really? Yeah. We're such nerds. Aren't we? Uh, But film by bike. It's the (laughs) premier bicycle festival. Yes. uh, Film festival. And it's happening. There will be a street party Friday night. I'll be there. I'm volunteering Well, I'm like walking distance there, so I guess I should. Is that the one that's in front of Velocult? Yes. It's in the back lot of Velocult. They're going to have... uh, Technically, it's not a street party anymore. I guess it's a parking lot party, but... I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's adjacent to the street. Yes. It abuts to the street. Um, May 19th, bike to work day in D.C. Or bike to work anywhere else, too. Anywhere. But Let's officially. make it bike to work day in PDX, too. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like, how that would be any different. Yeah, that's uh, every than, day. Yeah, than any other day. But, yes, if you're in the D.C. area, bike to work day. May 20th, reach the beach. The beach. May 26th through 29th, Vanport Mosaic Festival. That's right. Over we Labor Day weekend. We didn't have it on the calendar. I decided to add it today. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the celebrating the mosaic. Uh, right? No. Well. What? Yes. Vanport. <laughs> celebrating Vanport. Vanport and, was a town here yes. in Portland, and this is a big uh, kind of a cultural festival celebrating the people who used to live there. Okay. Uh, it got flooded out during a flood, and uh, if yes. you're curious about the history, it's a fascinating read to find out exactly what happened there. But, uh, you know, lot, lots of things going on, and uh, Stream PDX will be making an appearance recording Yay. stories yes. of people that are there. Uh, May 28th, P-Town Throwdown Skateboard Race. Skateboard Race. June 6th, the Alameda Stair Carry. I'll be leading this as a pedal palooza ride. Yes. Hey, do you like stupid things? <laughs> How about carrying your bike up a bunch of stairs? Yeah. If you thought if you thought the day round was pointless. Right. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you going to come on this? I actually am. I'm excited sweet. for it. Sweet. Excellent. Hey, yeah. Val, you going to come on this? Sure. Okay, sweet. Uh, you can help us figure out the... the the body mechanics of like, <laughs> of carrying your bike. Would you recommend upstairs? How, how should we shoulder our bikes going up these staircases? The best way possible. Okay. All right. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. Whatever works. Yeah, I'll just have to show you. Okay. Very good. You go first then. Um. Oh, you know what? I should rent a Brompton for that. Oh, you should <laughs> just fold it up and fold every it up every time. Carry it like a suitcase. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, um. June eighth. Through the eleventh, I looked this up here. The Oregon Ramble. Oregon Ramble yes. from uh, yeah from, damn, 
I was going to say base camp, but no. Uh, New Belgium. New Belgium. Thank <laughs> you. All right, there we go. Talk on it. Uh, Hope 10th. they still like us. <laughs> June 10th, Clever Cycles turns 10. 10. I just got word today that there may be a like scavenger clue hunt kind of thing. Are you serious? 10 clues for 10 years. Yes. Including, like, this is the same event where people are going to go and grill out at a park? Correct. Wow. We, we will end at a park with, with, like, ten little clues. This keeps getting better and better. Yes. Hosted by one, maybe two, possibly three uh, bike celebrities. All right. I wonder who those could be. <laughs> I don't know either. June 11th, <laughs> Dad's on Vacation. June 14th, Bicycle Xmas. Get your ex a bike. June 18th. Brompton World Championships in New York City. New York City. June 24th, Women Bike Beginners Bike Camp. That's right. Uh, With the cooperation of uh, Cat from the Joyride podcast and uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Swift. Street Trust. No, yes, Street Trust. And maybe Uh, Swift. I don't know. (laughs) I was going to say, uh, what was it? The Swift Camp. Um, Yeah, that's the same day, actually, I think, as, as far as we know. That's not on our calendar, but... No. We should put it on the next one. (laughs) Note to self. Also, June 24th, The Gathering at the Gateway Green featuring Dirt Lab. That's right. The sort of first big event there at Gateway Green. Uh, July 7th, The Steens Mazama 1000. That's right. Beautiful country out there. July 15th through 16th, The Seattle to Portland. STP. July 29th, Python. With a live Sprocket podcast appearance. And my band Lumberjack is going to be playing there as well. And, and there's going to be pie. And I'll have a hat for my GoFeedMe account. Perfect. <laughs> yes. And uh, is it going to be like an Amish hat? Once I find the name for okay, the one, whatever one you those, call those, yes. I, it, that would hold more donations sure. than a cycling cap. Yes. Yeah. Cycling uh, cap should be on your head, anyways. <laughs> that's right. It's for cycling. That's right. Only. Nothing else. October sixth, so the AMLX challenge, the Allegheny Mountain Loop cross that's right challenge. so all those things and more let us know if there's anything else happening that you would like to this calendar segment is just going to keep on getting longer and longer yes so uh we also have some things that we uh, like to call headlines what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike All right, what yeah. do we got? Just a couple pieces here. A little bit of angst. Yes? From treehugger.com via peanut butter jar mat. Cyclist tells people not to ride the Trans-Canada Trail. Yeah, we talked about this when it first hit the Some news time cycle. Ago. I was really excited yeah. about this because, you know, it's a whole trail going across Canada. Yeah, this is a little bit of sad news. Yes, Edmund Onger has a message for anyone thinking about coming to Canada this year to cycle the Trans-Canada Trail. Do not come. The trail is supposed to be completed by July 1st, 2017, just in time for Canada's 150th birthday, but Onger fears it isn't what people expect it to be, based on misleading advertising. Much of the trail is along shoulders of highways with motor vehicles racing past at dangerous speeds. It is not safe. Right. And this person who is outspoken is so for a reason because yes, uh, his, his his wife died yes. on uh, the Trans-Canada Trail. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there's there's a bunch of uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it's a sad story. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the idea being that basically this is not what it's purported to be. Um, I suppose you could say the same about a lot of bicycle routes. I was going to say some of the Trans Am routes. Sure. Uh, uh, in that, you know, there's a lot of places where if you're expecting one thing, if you're expecting not to have to share with, like, semi-trucks and that sort of thing, uh, then you're going to be disappointed because there are semi-trucks. Man, I don't even know a road in the United States that doesn't share with a semi-truck at one point in time or another. Right. Like, even here, in, like, in the city, I find them in some of the some of the strangest, or not strangest, but uh, at least contradictory places right you know? yeah and at the very least uh you know even in the city if you're dealing with uh, with semi trucks at least they're you know they're traveling slowly and they might Hopefully, be expecting yeah. you on a country highway even if this is a place where people ride bikes it's not a place where most uh, big vehicles and their drivers are going to be expecting you so no. uh yeah it's uh, it's it's tricky so uh, I would not say don't go, but definitely know what you're getting into and know what you're what. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, don't go expecting a separated pathway. Well, and his main contention in this article is that it's being sort of presented as this like bike friendly, almost bike only kind of trail. Right. And he's saying like that really isn't the case. True. Yeah. Uh, also, Canada's 150th birthday. Yeah, how about I that? It was older than that. <laughs> no, not quite. No, it it stayed a uh, what is that? A territory of the UK for a real long time. Canada still gets carded sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So lastly, a little piece of news here, more of an announcement. Hub, yes. Hub Bicycle Shop in Cambridge, Mass, has closed its doors. That's right. Yeah, our friend Emily, who we had on the show about a year and a half ago. Yeah. More or less. Uh, yeah. She is moving on to new things. So yeah. uh, it's it's too bad because I liked the, there being a shop in Cambridge that I knew somebody at. But, uh, you know, she's she's still there and she's still doing things. Yeah. Uh, just the shop yeah. itself is is uh, no longer there. So And I linked to their website has a really great write-up uh, from her just sort of thanking everyone. Yeah. It was touching. Yeah. It was a very touching uh, uh, kind of uh, swan song letter. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Well, uh we uh, we may not have a bicycle shop in Cambridge anymore, but you know what we do have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. Nice. All right. <laughs> so from a super fan aqua says, if I had a dollar for every time I was mentioned on the Sprocket podcast, I could afford to miss work and go on bike adventures. Thank you, Pedal Shift. Let me buy her a latte right now. Super fan aqua, super fan aqua, super fan aqua. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Like, someone still has to, like, get her a dollar. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's start a GoFundMe. <laughs> there you go. Um, second from Ranger Tom says, Hey, Sprocket guys, ever have a surprise tied up by your bike when you return? Annabelle turned out to be quite friendly. And it's a picture of a dog tied up on the bike rack. Right. Yes, I have experienced this. Man, every time I go get groceries. Yeah, uh, to very Does yes. Ever happened to either of you guys? Yes. Wow, not to me. Really? really? No. You haven't gone grocery shopping on your bike as much as I have. <laughs> you do much more often. Yeah. I'll give you that for sure. That is nice of what, you. What do you do at that point? Like, yeah, you go to get your bike and there's a dog tied up next to it. I, like, pet the dog and, like... Get excited and play with it if I can. I see. Aww. You're way more of a dog person than I am. 
It depends on the dog to me. It's like, it, do I know if this dog is going to be friendly or not? And usually, usually if they're in that situation, they will be. But you never know. You kind of have to feel it out as you get close, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Try not to be too threatening. Yeah. Uh, we should have we should have dedicated dog racks in front of businesses. There is like a little like dog corral at, I think, a couple of the uh, new seasons. Yeah, the grocery here. store. They definitely yeah. have like a dog spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that was because dogs were being tied up like at the bike rack. And there's enough people maybe in those locations that want to come in and lock their bikes up. At least up. the one on Division. That one gets crowded. Yeah, and enough rack. dogs that don't want to get hit by bikes coming into the bike parking. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, you know, from both sides. So, yes, uh, that, that is quite interesting when it happens. Yeah. I've, I've always – I can't say I'm, I'm scared. Uh, I guess I am a little bit. Just really concerned. Yeah. Like, as I approach the dog, is this dog going to, like, take my presence, you know, well? Yeah, they can smell I mean, fear. Yeah. Well, Don't be afraid. <laughs> right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because they can smell fear. Oh, shit. I'm scared they're going to smell my fear now. <laughs> Danger. I mean, Danger. I was I was bit by a dog like while on my bike um, just coming back from work one time. And, you know, and this the owner was like, oh, he's, he's just playing. I'm like, I just got like a piece taken out of my leg almost. This isn't know? playing. Yeah. This is not this is not like just a, a play bite. What was this? You know? Um, well, it was, I was working at my second job oh, okay. and, um, was coming out. And so this owner, I, is a neighbor and I, I know her. You're well. on foot? I, yeah. No, no. On I was bike. on my bike. Oh, really? Um, and a she, dog just takes a chunk out of your leg? like, does like foster care for dogs. Uh-huh. And this dog got away and, you know, it's a foster dog, so she doesn't know it that well. Right. Either. And it probably doesn't but, have the best past. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this, this dog like started coming at me and, you know, you do the thing where you stop and then tried to get going again and it just grabbed onto my leg. And that was it. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Are you okay? Oh yeah. I'm fine. Like, you know, I had my jeans on. So okay. it didn't really oh, so penetrate no, the skin. No puncture. No, no. Okay. Bruised for a while. But that was about it. Yikes. Still scary. But, well, what bugs me is the excuses, honestly. Well, and Annabelle and, would not do that. We know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Annabelle that, was nice. That sort of colors my interactions sometimes. Like, sure. And and any any like thing, not just that one experience, but like any animal is is an animal, you know. Right. <laughs> and. Yep. Yeah. Not hey, necessarily predictable. We got some tweets from Harry. Hewitt. Yes, let's he get says, it. Let's episode get episode three fifty is howlingly end. good. Speaking of dogs, I yes. too purchased my LCB. That's a little clown bike from Clever Cycles, and it has been with me to Oahu and the Big Island. And I only fly Hawaiian Air. They're the best. They're the best. Yes. Yes, they are. They're really good. When I flew Inter Island, that's who I would go with. I always fly Clever Cycles. <laughs> <laughs> um, that reminds me, I didn't put these in our show notes. Uh, I think it was Mr. T also said, what about LFB? Ooh. Little fun bike. Little fun little bike. freaky bike. Little freaky bike. Yeah. I don't know. If, if uh, someone has a problem with clown bike, I think freaky bike might also be a problem. Sure. Little fun bike is cool. Yeah. What about little folding bike? Or little folding bike. LFB. Yeah, I think he even mentioned that too. <laughs> like LFB could have many could have many uh, uh, interpretations. Right. Uh well, anyways, yes, that's that's for anyone who happens to take issue with the clown part of the LCB. Right. Personally, I think if you're on a bike and you're not a clown, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, Harry also says. He says, uh, Pedal Shift Project made the most recent issue of Brain. I think that's Bicycle Retailers uh, Association, Association Industry in, News. Yes. Yeah. It's a magazine for bicycle retailers. I was going to say retailers. in Nebraska. Yes. That's probably not right. <laughs> oh, I think it's most definitely in Nebraska. Uh, uh, there was a writer. I'm not familiar with this yeah, magazine because so, I do not retail bicycles. Well, maybe that's why we didn't make it. So he says, where's Sprocket Podcast? <laughs> yeah, they did a write-up of a bunch of these. Uh, you know, So Pedal Shift Project was there. Also, the Joyride the Podcast. The Joyride was there. Yes, uh, both of which are doing better than the Fredcast. My reply to Harry is like, when is good enough for you, Dad? Right. When is, we're, we've been doing this for years right. now, Dad. Well, and uh, as I understand, the write-up, uh, they, they went into... I'm just into, kidding. I love you, Harry. Yes, Thank of you. course. They went into iTunes, and they chose the, what was it, Sports and Recreation or Outdoor? I think it was Sports and Recreation. They dipped into the Outdoor for cycling. For a, for a well-known cycling <clears throat> podcast. Yeah. Uh, we are in the Places and Travel category okay. on iTunes, which is why they wouldn't have found <laughs> us in that category. Because we're punk rock, man. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you want us to be on a list of podcasts, find out who's making those lists and tell them we exist. It's cool. <laughs> but you know what? We don't live for lists, which is why we never tell you to go and subscribe on iTunes because it's not like the, you know, the alchemy is going to, like, you know, we, we're not here to get famous. We're here, to, we're here for you. Yes. You. Not you. Not the person next to you. You. <laughs> but also the person next to you. Too. Yeah, but, but you're listening to us. So thank right. you. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that's that's what happened there. I think uh, they weren't they weren't casting their nets wide enough. What you need to do is search bike podcast in general, and and you will come and up, and you still won't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Who knows? You know, it's the funny thing is, is you know, anyone who asks, like, well, how do I find you guys? I just say, like, I don't know, just Google our name. Right. Do a Google. I don't know. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan Labar and Val Brown, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, really appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Do you want to give the name of your uh, your establishment real quick again? The Ohm Cycle. All right. Ohm like yoga. Ohm. Ohm. Perfect. Yeah. Let's all do one together. Ohm. Perfect. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. People are going to love that. Uh, okay. So uh, we'll, we'll link to that, and uh, this will be the end of our show. So uh, are you ready to go, Aaron? Yes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Wait, wait. <laughs> Let me... Uh... Yes, exactly. That's, that's what I just said. I encouraged everyone to do that so our numbers will get better. Uh, okay, here we go. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Thanks to yes. Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. <laughs> Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Melamgar. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lane. Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, who Glenn? won the, uh, the Brompton World Championship. Oh, though. no way! Oh, congratulations. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden. Eric Weiss, Doug Coy Miller, Todd Parker. Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, who is a time traveler. 
and Zoe Campagna. Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Factory Card Chain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna, Krista, John Wasserman. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Zissen. Richard G., Guthrie Straw, Brandon Shelby. Campsite, Aaron Green, Mac Nurse David. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Fornoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Happy Tim- birthday, David. Oh, happy birthday. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman. E.J. Finneran, who's going to film by a bike. Paul Culbertson. If that's your name, Brad Hipwell, Tom Skato. Tom Skato sent us a donation in addition oh to his God. other donations. Thank you, Tom. Oh, thank you. Christopher Barnett. Keith Hutchison and Ranger Tom. Thank you all so much and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now, brush your teeth. And subscribe to us on iTunes. And go to bed. <laughs> Feel free, if you're not sure, to make a bigger deal of it. (laughs) We'll make sure it all gets put together.